Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. The Bible reading comes from Genesis 29, 15 to 30. Genesis 29, 15 to 30. After Jacob had been there for about a month, Laban said to him, You shouldn't work for me without pay just because we are relatives. How much do you want? Now Laban had two daughters, Leah, who was the oldest, and her younger sister, Rachel, Leah had pretty eyes, but Rachel was beautiful in every way with a lovely face and shapely figure. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than to someone outside the family. So Jacob spent the next seven years working to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my contract, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so we can be married. So Laban invited everyone in the neighbourhood to celebrate with Jacob at a wedding feast. That night... When it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. And Laban gave Leah a servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. What sort of trick is this? Jacob raged at Laban. I worked seven years for Rachel. What do you mean by this trickery? It's not our custom to marry off a younger daughter ahead of the firstborn, Laban replied. Wait until the bridal week is over and you can have Rachel too. That is, if you promise to work another seven years for me. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. And Laban gave Rachel a servant, Bilhah, to be her maid. So Jacob slept with Rachel too and he loved her more than Leah. He then stayed and worked the additional seven years. Good morning, friends. Uh, I just want to say a couple of things before we start. The first thing is um, I've never had Pam help me Uh, present a message before so this is a first time for her so this is way out of her comfort zone so I hope it goes okay the second thing is um, there have been a number of people praying for us this week after we got the phone call on Thursday night from Simon please accept our thanks for doing that Um, you do not realize how much difference that does make It is enormous, so thank you so much to everybody who's praying for us. Without your prayer, I believe we could not do this. So thank you, thank you. Our topic 
Our theme for this morning is what is love? And I've actually framed it as a question, what is love? Over the course of history, there have been numerous attempts by commentators and theologians from both the secular point of view and from a Christian perspective to analyse and explain what love is, how it works and what benefit we actually gained from being loved. Many a sermon has been delivered espousing the difference between worldly and Christian love and godly and human love. And today, so today brings another opportunity to examine this phenomenon that exists between people that we label love. Love itself can be expressed in so many different ways. For example, in the giving of gifts and money, by verbal affirmation and encouragement, by giving someone your undivided attention, by even making a special physical connection, even by doing things for others, seeking to please by serving. Today's Bible story is essentially a story of love. We see the extraordinary lengths that Jacob goes to, was prepared to go to, to gain the love of Rachel. It is also obvious that the story contains some inappropriate behaviour from Laban in that he sent the wrong daughter to be with Jacob on his wedding night. However, this only served to strengthen Jacob's resolve to finally marry Rachel. I wonder this morning how many of us men here would work for our future father-in-law for 14 years just to secure his daughter's hand in marriage. Friends, you know I love Pam dearly. <laughs> but 14 years without pay, I'm sorry, I don't think that would happen. In my thoughts for the day, I want to incorporate a true story of a couple who fell in love without seeing each other. And the story begins. John Blanchard stood up from the bench, straightened his army uniform and studied the crowd of people making their way through Grand Central Station. He looked for a girl whose heart he knew, but whose face he didn't, the girl with the rose. His interest in her had begun 13 months before in a Florida library. Taking a book off the shelf, he found himself intrigued, not with the words of the book, but with the notes pencilled in the margin. The soft handwriting reflected a thoughtful soul, an insightful mind. In the front of the book, he discovered the previous owner's name, Miss Hollis Maynell. With time and effort, he located her address. She lived in New York City. He wrote her a letter introducing himself and inviting her to correspond. 
The next day, he was shipped overseas for service in World War II. During the next year and one month, the two grew to know each other through the mail. Each letter was a seed falling on a fertile heart. John and Hollis were learning something about the way of love. Which leads us to our first point this morning. Love grows as we make an investment. Love grows as we make an investment. You see, Isaac didn't want Jacob to marry a Canaanite woman, so he sent him to his uncle Laban to marry one of his daughters. In verse 20 we read, or reread, so, G- so Jacob spent the next seven years working to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. And then in verse 30, then Jacob slept with Rachel too, and he loved her more than Leah. He stayed and worked the additional seven years. You see, Jacob was willing to invest 14 years of his life working hard for his father-in-law to have the woman that he really loved. He was not intimidated by the tricks of Laban. He did not say, well, if you're going to treat me like that, you can just keep your daughter. Jacob paid the price he had to pay to have the woman that he cherished. That's the way of love. If you want somebody to love you more than they do, make an effort to build the relationship. Sometimes we think that love can only grow if, if others invest in us. We think similar to this. I'll love you if. If you love me. If you do what I want you to do. If you treat me just as I want to be treated. And then, friends, we wonder why sometimes it just doesn't work. We learn to love by doing loving things each day for the one that we love. Invest trust, not suspicion. Invest sweetness, not sarcasm. Invest tolerance, not cruel demands. Invest yourself, not things. Make deposits into the account of your relationship and your love will grow and compound. Follow the loving, of, the loving example of Jesus. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it says, We love him because he first loved us. Back to the story. A romance was budding. John Blanchard requested a photograph, but Hollis refused. She felt that if he really cared, it wouldn't matter what she looked like. When the day finally came for him to return from Europe, they scheduled their first meeting, 7pm at the Grand Central Station in New York. You'll recognise me, she wrote, by the red rose I'll be wearing on my lapel. So at 7pm, he was at the station looking for a girl whose heart he loved, but whose face he'd never seen. Wow, that's the way of love. 
Our second point this morning is love waits patiently. Love waits patiently. So let's look at verse 20 again. So Jacob spent the next seven years working to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Remember the hit song by Elvis Presley? It's now or never, my love won't wait. Now, <laughs> now that's impatience, isn't it? True love is willing to wait. True love endures patiently any sorts of delays or inconvenience. True love patiently puts up with all sorts of flaws, weaknesses, immaturities and failures in the other person. Love does not give up. Love does not demand instant perfection. Love patiently waits. Let's get back to the John Blanchard story. They are now in Grand Central Station. A young woman was coming toward me, her figure long and slim. Her blonde hair lay back in curls from her delicate ears. Her eyes were blue as flowers. Her lips and chin had a gentle firmness and in her pale green suit, she was like springtime come alive. I started toward her, entirely forgetting to notice that she was not wearing a rose. As I moved, a small provocative smile curved her lips. Going my way, Zayla, she murmured. Almost uncontrollably, I made one step closer to her and then I saw Hollis Maynell. She was standing almost directly behind the girl, a woman well past 40. She had graying hair tucked under a worn hat. She was more than plump, her thick ankled feet thrust into low-heeled shoes. The attractive young girl in the green suit was walking quickly away. I felt as though I was split in two. So keen was my desire to follow her, and yet so deep was my longing for the woman whose spirit had truly sustained me and upheld me. And there she stood. Her pale, plump face was gentle and sensible. Her grey eyes had a warm and kindly twinkle. I did not hesitate. My fingers gripped the small, worn, blue leather copy of the book that was to identify me to her. This would not be love, but it would be something precious, something perhaps even better than love, a friendship for which I had been and must ever be grateful. I squared my shoulders and saluted and held out the book to the woman even though while I spoke, I felt choked by the bitterness of my disappointment. I'm Lieutenant John Blanchard, and you must be Miss Maynell. I am so glad you could meet me. May I take you out to dinner? Well, that's certainly the way of love. So our third point this morning is 
Love looks beyond what's on the outside. Love looks beyond what's on the outside. Verse 17 says, Leah had pretty eyes, but Rachel was beautiful in every way, with a lovely face and shapely figure. Well, love looks beyond the externals. Isn't that how God sees us? If God sees not as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That comes from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Verse 7. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, the first, uh, verses 3 and 4, it says these words, Don't be concerned about the outward beauty that depends on fancy hairstyles, expensive jewellery or beautiful clothes. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. But far too often we are like Jacob. Jacob was not attracted to Leah. He was drawn to the ravishing Rachel. But real love, real love looks beyond externals to see the internal things. A gentle, quiet spirit, a noble, respectable character, a fine and faithful nature, a Christ-like attitude of humility and unselfishness. Well, John Blanchard, he must have felt like Jacob did. The woman who he met with the rose certainly was not a Rachel. But here's the rest of the story. The woman's face broadened into a tolerant smile. I don't know what this is all about, son, she answered, but the young lady in the green suit who just went by, she begged me to wear this rose on my coat. And she said, if you were to ask me out for dinner, I should tell you that she's waiting for you in the big restaurant across the street. She said it was some kind of test. A test of love. And John Blanchard passed with fine colours. He knew the way of love. If the music team would like to come up, we're nearly finished. Jesus knew the way of love. He invested himself in our salvation. He invests himself daily into our spiritual growth. And Jesus urges us to invest in each other. Love one another is still his command. Serve one another is still his way. Reach out and touch one another is still his method.